0: If you're the strong, independent woman who doesn't need a guy, how can you find a guy that that wants to to, to give to you because you won't receive it? Are you prepared to, to drop the strong, independent woman thing so enough that he can actually give to you and that you will receive with grace?
1: You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence. So you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. If you want to be a person of influence and achieve success in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. What's up, everyone? My name is Christina Cantors. I'm a communication skills trainer and coach and also your host. Thank you very much for tuning in today. I'm very excited about this episode because I'm joined by philanthropist, small business branding advisor and writer, Anthony Chancemuth. That's Anthony with an F. <laughs> Anthony has trained over a thousand business leaders across 14 countries. He's appeared on Network 10 in Ant Hill Magazine and at TEDx Telstra, Sydney, and he's a regular writer for the Huffington Post. He's also the marketing lead for Hub Australia, which is how I got to know about him because Hub is my co space. I discovered also that he's passionate about coaching and empowering women, women specifically to overcome their fears, fulfill their potential and do what they love. And as part of this, In late 2015, Anthony did something he had never done before. He ran his very first international retreat in Laos. Now, if you're not familiar with Laos, it's a Southeast Asian country sandwiched between Thailand and Vietnam, and it's where Anthony is originally from. That's where he was born. He now lives in Sydney, Australia. Now, he organized and ran this international retreat, which was a huge step for him. And it almost didn't even happen. He had a few unexpected things happen along the way. His co-founder pulled out two weeks before the retreat, and he was forced to find additional facilitators at the last minute now when we had this conversation he'd just come back from laos from the retreat and he shares the fears that he experienced leading up to the retreat and what he learnt from the whole experience and i think that this is a really good lesson and a really good demonstration of how Fear really affects all of us. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what level you're at. And Anthony's a successful business owner. He's done very well for himself. He's done a lot of things that would scare a lot of people. And yet he still had to deal with his own fears when doing something that was out of the ordinary for him, something that he'd never done before. So it's well worth listening in to to get his experiences and his perspective on that. We also talk about communication in relationships and how masculine and feminine energies affect you whether you're in a committed relationship or if you're single and can't seem to find the right person for you. And I... I think, well, relationships isn't something I've discussed much on this podcast and communicating in relationships, and I think it's really, really important. So I was really excited to talk to Anf about that. It is a bit of a longer episode, but believe me, it is worth listening to the whole thing. So that's what we're talking about today on the show. And Also, just as a side note, I have an exciting announcement about where you can get free workshop training from me in person, and I'll share that at the end, so stick around. Okay, let's move on to this conversation I had with the wonderful Anthony Chansamuth. Show notes for this episode will be at thecmethod.com slash anf, A-N-F. Oh, and also just a few swear words in this one, just a pre-warning, earmuffs for the kids if they're listening. (laughs) Enjoy. Putting together a retreat is quite a challenge, I can imagine, even going from idea to actually Mm. getting people to sign up and go, right? Yes. What inspired you firstly to do the retreat? And secondly, what was it like? What were the feelings going through your head when you were marketing and putting it out there and gauging interest, getting people to sign up?
0: That's like asking you, what inspired you to jump out of a plane? We can Um, talk about that too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for me. The inspiration really was a moment of clarity, um, that came from me sitting in a park with a, with a friend of mine who's a powerful coach. And we, we used to coach each other. Um, so this has gone back 18 months from now, uh, before today. And we were sitting in the park and, and her name's Caroline. And she said to me, um, cause I was feeling a little agitated. I was running, I was, uh freelancing at the time, so I I wasn't working for anyone specifically. Um and really struggling with, with a co- with coaching as a business, right? Because what I'd realized was and I'd just come back from a trip to the US and Canada. Uh and I just realized uh, there were a couple of things that I that I learned along the way. First thing, the the, the entrepreneurial environment and the spirit is very different in the U.S. than it is here in Australia. Granted, I was in a space. So I was in Portland for World Domination Summit. Um, so that's four days of like…
1: That's immersion in that really, <laughs> yes. really
0: driven people. Like imagine like hubbers times a 100. Um, like there were like eight, I don't know, 800 people there and everyone's like… They were just really remarkable people. The speakers all blew me away um, but… You know, you'd been in line with someone and this guy just published a book and he had he created this thing called the rejection gym where, you know, he helps people for thirty days conquer their fears, similar to what you do in some regard. It just blew me away. And just how supportive they were and just how everyone was like, Bring on the challenges. Mm. You know, like we're 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 ready to make this shit happen. So it's this
1: mega injection of just yeah. confidence and I can do this yeah. and I got this uh, 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 and you're surrounded by awesome people and you can do anything you like and
0: and everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid and everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and you come back to Australia and everyone's head down and like not really, I mean, they're loving being in Australia because it's a beautiful place to be, whether you're in Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, wherever. But, um, it's just a different feel. And a friend of mine made a, a remark that he, he, he uh, who, who's a successful entrepreneur, um, made this comment to me because he's invested into some, some startups in, um, the Bay Area in, in uh, sorry, in Silicon Valley. Uh, and, and he's, he said to me, "And you know, like, I'm sitting in this co-, he's, he's a sitting in his co-working space, um, in North Sydney. And he said, I just don't see it. I don't see the drive. I don't see people because he would work until, you know, midnight, you know, on average, he'd be doing pulling, you know, 12, 16 hour days. Um, and he'd say, you know, look at it. Like when I look around, people leave five o'clock, they go home, they have, or they hit the bar. Um, they're not serious about their, their businesses or their missions. You know, and that was a comment he made to me. And I said, Oh, that's interesting. Um, and then when I went to the US, I thought, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a different ecosystem. Um, mm. come back to your question though, when Caroline asked me, she said, what do you want to do? Cause I was in this really down like place I- emotionally. I was feeling like, what do I want to do with my life? You know, I'm, I'm, uh, 30, 36, 35 at the time. Okay. What do I want to do? I'm single. I, I don't, you know, have a million dollar. Property portfolio. I don't have all these things, you know, that, that that I should have, right? You know. And then she asked me, "Okay, look, forget all that shit." And she just said, very smiley. She said, "You know, if you could create something, um, that you know that would really light you up, that would really spark you. Uh, and money wasn't an object, like like not an issue. You had all the resources in the world. What would you create?" You know, typical coaching question. Yeah. Um, and like, it just came to me. It's like, okay, well, look at my, let's look at the things that, that I'm really interested in. So travel. I like to travel. Um, secondly, I loved living in Laos. When I was over there, man, I was on a high. I felt freedom. I felt I was jumping on my motorbike at seven in the morning. I'm going to this, um, to the school that I was volunteering at. I was there for eight hours. Then I was teaching light classes. I was teaching English to a bunch of, um, uh, nineteen year olds who are in a business college right um, and I did that for ten months and and I launched a um, um, empowerment program uh, to empower young kids um whilst I was over there got a team of five volunteers, and that thing blew up and it went to like nine schools and two hundred kids bef- um, by the time I had left and we had a documentary made about it um so so these are the sort of things that happen when you 're living in passion right so yeah. I had travel i had um, Laos, I love the culture and I wanted more people to experience that because whenever you talk to people who travel through Southeast Asia, it's typically Vietnam, um, Thailand, China, uh, Burma or Myanmar. No one talks about Laos. Okay. Mm. Cause they skip it. It's not, it's not, it's still not in the, the public eye as much as all the other places around it. And then the third thing I like is obviously empowerment. So for me, I love coaching. I love um, helping people build businesses, right? So for me, uh, and like um, what we talked about last time was particularly women. So I like working with women. Um, and so if I were to c- combine all these travel, Laos as a, as a location and as a culture and empowerment, what would that give me? And then the result was Wari Women Mastermind, Right. Which is a retreat which helps women get empowered in Laos. And at the same time, we're empowering young children, uh, who live in that country. Right. So that's how it came to be. That was the concept. How would we do this? No fucking idea. But <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's how um, a lot of ideas come about, right? Yeah. And you find and, and a way.
0: Absolutely. And literally, I'm, I'm, I'm like, it came out of me. I'm looking at Caroline, going, whoa, he's going, whoa, and I'm going, oh my gosh, fear, like just a whole lot of, you know, like, how is this possible, um, you know, when are we going to do it because that was her next question because she's a smart coach and she said, when are you going to do this? And I'm like, oh, fuck, oh. and I said, you know, um, I said November that year, so literally like six months away or eight months away uh, and, and said, okay, then who do you need to make that happen? Right, that was her next question. I knew inherently that I didn't want to do it alone Mm. because that was my struggle as a solo entrepreneur doing it alone. Um, so I said, okay, I need someone to help me with this. And for whatever reason, I feel it needs to be, we need to be a trio and not just one person and not two persons. I wanted it to be three people. Yeah. So
1: when you felt this, when you, you say you had this immediate sense of fear that just, just came up as soon as you had the idea, this fear just jumped up and like slammed you in the face. Can you pinpoint exactly what you were afraid of?
0: Um, I can now, um, just let me say, let me take a second here. So the fear for me, um, first is failure, right? So because, uh, I'd never done Retreat. I've, I've done retreat, like I, I have run retreats in Sydney before. I've not re- attempted to do something in another country. Um, and the fear for me came from, whoa, how am I going to get people there? Right. That was a fear of failure initially. And then once I worked through that, then it was a fear of success because Along the way, what happened was when more people started to learn about this project, um, so I ended up having a co-founder. It started with three of us, then it became two of us. And when we were starting to pitch the idea to different people and different groups and whatnot, then there was this excitement that came from the idea. And then there was this, you know, well, hey, why don't you guys do this in Malaysia? You know, why don't you guys do this in Bali? Like, um, you know, after you do your Lao one and it became this like, whoa, you know, do we really want it to go that far? Like for me, I just wanted to do the first project, but my co-founder, she wanted it to be this thing, like this, you know, let's, let's turn this into a thing. Mm. <laughs> um, and that's where that for me, whoa, like, um, yeah, this inherent, I don't know where it comes from, but this is like, can we really scale it that big? Because I just don't know. Mm. Uh, and so that, t- to answer the question, it's fear of uncertainty. It's, it's not knowing.
1: Where it could possibly go. Where
0: it could possibly go, you know, and whether we, we could deliver it, right? Um, and so there was a lot of learning, like now that I'm in retrospection and I'm, I've gone past it and I like, hey, we did it. Now I'm looking backward and going, okay, how would I do it again next year? because definite some key learnings along the way and mistakes that I made and that I would not want to repeat. Mm. Um,
1: what was the biggest thing you learned from it?
0: Is you got to believe like in yourself because I was challenged, especially when when Joanna pulled out um, last minute um, and I felt this um, a couple of times because at one point, I'll track back maybe eight months ago where I got just flooded with work at work because I still work full-time at the hub mm-hmm. and then trying to juggle doing, you know, monthly, um ins- we called them inspiration nights where we would just bring groups of women together and, and we'd present, you know, the retreat as an, as an offer um and, and we'd have these really empowering speakers there. So even just coordinating that every month, you know, making that that work whilst juggling, you know, what I need to do in my role, um, at hub plus, uh, you know, I had entered into a new relationship with somebody. And so therefore she was feeling like I was neglecting her and you know, this whole thing was I'm being pulled in all different directions mm. and then trying to like create or, or make worry women happen. So my biggest, like your question was what, what was the biggest lesson to me was, um, really believing that it was possible. And that that it would all work out, right? <laughs> um, and maybe not in the way that I had envisioned when the, the idea came to my head. Yeah. Um, like I remember, like shedding a tear when I had the, when I arrived in the airport in long Prabang in Laos, and and going, oh my gosh, I'm I'm here, you know, like this. It's, it, it's, it's happening. Like, I, yeah, it's and I've got to like, retelling this to you because it's like, um, and I remember sharing that on Instagram, going, oh my gosh, this, you know. You cannot imagine the amount of pain and heartache and elation and everything else that went through this journey just to get here. And I remember sharing the story because my, um, my girlfriend came along. She basically ended up replacing Joanna, um, as my assistant. Right. Uh, she didn't do the yoga. I found someone else to do the yoga. Um, but just telling her the story because we both arrived the day before all the other, the, the other warriors came along. Um, and, and, Uh I said to her, this is let me just tell you what happened for me to get here. (laughs) Like for us to be sitting here. Mm. Like let me tell you that journey because no one like I've not shared this with anyone. Like this is, you know, um like you, Christina, the second person I've ever told the whole this story to. Um wow, okay. Yeah, you know, and and it's (laughs) kind of like, you know, and she and and her reflecting back to me, like, that's amazing like you went through all of that and didn't have a heart attack and right. <laughs> and um still kept on going and found the way to make it work. Um so
1: a lot of people would have just said nah stuff it where it's cancelled can't deal with this but I guess you'd invested so much already like leading up to that and having the the women that had signed up to go you wouldn't have wanted to let them down I suppose.
0: Absolutely. So uh, so this is I'm glad you said that because one one Key decision that I made early on with Joanna, the co-founder, was that even if it was just me and her showing up to the retreat, we're still going. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like you have to do something that lights you up because you're gonna do it regardless. And for me, it's like you know, I it's been four years, almost four years since I last went to Laos, right? Um, I've been just craving to return. Um I wanted to reconnect with my family. I wanted re- to reconnect to the culture, just the amazing, like the, the nature there is just incredible. Mm. And I've been waiting, you know, for years to get back there. And so, and I, I wanted to show it to, to Joanna anyway. And I said, you know, whether we get participants or not, we're going, you know, but then as you rightly said, I had people invested in it. So there were people who had signed up. There was the resort over there who, once they knew what the project was, um, they they supported it straight away because they loved the concept um, and they loved that we were bringing you know the concept to their their resort center. Um, and so they you know put it up on the website and they started helping to, to try and promote it. And then there was the other partner that that was involved, which was Inspired Travel, right? And that came through a um, serendipitous meeting with someone, a uh, hubber. Who was basically uh, mentoring that particular organization, um, and she said, as soon as she heard what I was creating, she said, "Look, I'm going to set up a meeting with you and the founder or or someone within Inspired Travel because I feel like you guys would be really good partners because I was looking for a travel company to to manage the travel side of of the the trip, mm. right?" And you know things are going right when you sit down with someone who's a potential partner or collaborator and within twenty minutes you're like, Yep, this is happening. And (laughs) and there's no there's not a lot of, you know, legal things that come up and let's check all off these, you know, twenty thousand things. Uh it was pretty much you know, articulating this is what I want to create, this is what you guys do, and I feel there's an alignment. Why don't we give this a go? Right? And then that's what it was. So that was, an, I guess, a validation or an affirmation that, you know, I was on the right path.
1: You work with a lot of women, Anthony, who want to make career changes, but, uh, but fear is holding them back. Is that correct? And they have correct. this sort of lack of confidence. I know you, you, comfort, teaching confidence and, well, not so much teaching confidence, but showing people how they can, they can grow confidence is a big thing that you do. Do you think that lack of confidence affects women more than men in general?
0: Oh, good question. Uh, I feel that it affects, I don't know if it's more than, I, I, I don't know if that's the verbiage I'd use. Mm. I, I feel that it impacts women, uh, in a different way. Um, and I, and I, I think, you know, this is a, we're going to enter into a conversation here between, you know, energies and masculine versus feminine. Um, and, and, and for me, what I've observed is society, or at least some of the boundaries that have been set through, you know, um, whether you're growing up in a, in, in a Western society or an Eastern society, like I, I spent, like I mentioned earlier, I spent some time in Laos. Um, and culturally, there are certain behaviors um that women if they were to exhibit mm. you know it's almost like it's okay for a man to do that but for a woman it's not um and and, when, and this this impacts leadership and and this concept of confidence because what happens is at least in, in my experience and working with these women and a lot of them look a lot of them are, are powerful like I was every single person is powerful in different way but the you know an example I have is one of the the warriors that came along to my retreat is a general manager for you know a legal firm. Um, so she she is responsible for a staff or a team of maybe ten or twenty people. Um, she has outside of work. She's got her her son. Um, so she's got a family responsibilities. She's got you know um, she's in a strong leadership position. Uh, there's so much expectation on that, and it's also that comes with it. Unfortunately, is um, just preconceived notions. Like, if you're a woman who is going for what you want, right? Mm. Um, then, you know, you're labeled a bitch or you're, um, you can't be too aggressive because that's not nice and, and you should be more feminine and, and for that, whatever the reason, whatever that means, you know, you should be more demure and, 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 and not speak out of line and you shouldn't challenge, you know, um, in certain, you shouldn't argue and debate and whatever else. So, and that can manifest in different ways. So to answer your question, I feel, uh, in my experience, people, uh, the genders, when you come to genders, they deal with self-confidence and expectations differently and the expectations placed upon them are different. Mm. Right. And I read, I remember reading a book, uh, a number of years ago, um, which, which looked at, there was some scientific research done on biologically how different the female or, or the boys and girls and their brains were. Right, um, and how you know uh, girls naturally were in the early years of school uh, would would learn to read faster um, than their male counterparts, right? And then there's a point where it, it's sort of they both catch up and then at the same stage. But then what happens later on as they grow, the boys started to 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 I don't know, perform better in certain things, and then girls perform better in other things, and then 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 the stereotypes start to happen. Because then it's like, well, you know, girls are better at this and guys are better than that. And then just, you've, I'm sure you've heard of the hunter-gatherer, um, you know, versus the nurturer, yeah. right? So, uh, but what we're seeing is, no, hey, wait a minute. Men can equally be, be nurturers and, and, and women can easily be hunter-gatherer too, right? So, and that's sort of the transition uh, I remember I was talking last time about is with, the way that society has moved in and continues to move, right? These traditional concepts of masculine versus feminine, man versus woman—it's uh, getting all confused and muddled—and um, now this is having a, a, an, an effect on relationships, right? Inside the workplace yeah. and outside the workplace, in terms of personal relationships. So, um,
1: yeah, because I remember, yeah, I remember when we spoke about this uh, the last time we had a chat about like. When in, in business and especially for a woman starting up her own thing, like something like what I've done is that you, you feel like you have to project this image of, you know, of success and strength and confidence. And yeah, like I'm the boss. I can do this stuff. I can, I can, I'm, you know, I'm going for world domination, but that's a, ve- that's very much a masculine uh, energy to project out there. And oftentimes that's not. A fully sort of natural and authentic thing for a woman to, to do. And I've learned that it's actually okay to bring that feminine energy into your work, into, you know, your day to day life and into relationships and, and all that. Cause if like, if a woman becomes too masculine in, in her approach and in her, in the way that she acts and behaves, then that is going to become imbalanced with the masculine energies in her life, like so that the men in her life, because she's becoming a bit too much like them, is that right?
0: Absolutely. So there was um, a a blog post or a, a, an article written by a guy called Evan Markats, and he um, Evan Mark Katz and whatever, but he um, he, he wrote a blog post uh, titled "Why Don't Men Like Smart, Strong, Successful Women?" Mm. Um, and this is something I sent to all my warriors because a lot of, as you can imagine, a lot of the conversation at the retreat was around personal relationship and dating. And, you know, uh, and one person had, or a couple of, couple of the warriors had been through divorces. Um, others were still single and looking, all successful in their own rights, in, in their careers, um, and businesses. But one big thing that came up time and time and again was, how do I find this guy? How do I find this guy that's going to support me to be who I want to be? Um, and, To support me in my vision and something that came up in terms of to answer your question around women and confidence. So what came out of this, um, what I learned was that there was fear and there was subconscious, call it sabotage or a voice in the head, you know, that, that came up for every single person, you know, um, every single woman that was there was, you know, am I good enough for this? And um, is it right for me to ask for what I really want? There was, there was, there was a shame and a guilt around that, right? It's, it's almost like
1: going for what you want.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like even to, even just to voice it out loud, right? There was this tremendous feeling of, you know, um, one example I can give is, is someone saying, I have this vision. I have this business that I'm running and, and then I have this, I've just entered this relationship with this guy who's really, you know, it's working out and he's doing great and, and all of this. Um But my fear is that I have to choose one over the other, right? Mm. And that's, you know, and, and, and in her mind, she had tremendous difficulty resolving or at least coming to arriving at a point where she could feel that, you know, he could be supportive of what she was doing career-wise, you know, and, and at the same time, you know, if she wasn't behaving a certain way with him and his expectations, then then he might just leave. Um
1: so she didn't think she could have both?
0: Yeah. The way I drew it up visually for her was this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing on one side of of you know, or in one circle you've got um love and relationship and, and Partnership and then on the other side, you've got purpose because for her, what she does is help connect people to it. Like she has a, um, a dating service, Mm. right? Um, and and so for her, it's about helping other people find love. And what she was seeing was that she, she felt that it wasn't possible to have both. She had to kill one of them. (laughs) Um, and you know, and I, and I was saying, well, where's that coming from? Because if you go deeper beyond. What's being expressed, right? There's some belief somewhere that, that Mm. no guy in his right mind would want a woman who's ambitious uh, and maybe more ambitious than than he is. Okay. So that was interesting to observe.
1: I actually had a similar conversation with a a male friend of mine ages ago. And he, he said, he said to me, Christina, a lot of guys just want a woman who's going to support them. And follow them around and do whatever they want to do. And I was like, well, y- yeah, great, but I'm not going to change the way that I am just so that I can support some guy and follow him around. And I was like, there's, there's got to be people, men out there that do like strong women with, you know, with visions and doing their own thing and all of that. And I truly believe that, that there are people out there that, that are like that. And I think it's just a matter of, being true to yourself and making sure that you keep that feminine energy so that, you know, so that it's not too like overbearing, yeah. right? For dudes. Cause I can imagine that can be a bit of a turn off for dudes if, <laughs> if you're like way too, if you're way too demanding, right? Like I think being vulnerable is a good thing.
0: I think for both, both parties, being vulnerable is an amazing thing. Mm. Um, and that's actually the mark of a, strong foundation for a, a powerful relationship, right? Um coming back to the, the, the masculine feminine polarities and, and and whatever whatever else in that that um post that I was talking about I mentioned earlier. Um uh, one of the key points he makes in that one is the the smart intelligent woman is almost like for a guy. Um so the woman is thinking, you know why don't men like smart intelligent women? And then the guy, on the other hand, is thinking, why don't women like nice guys? And you've heard this one before, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck, no, I'm a nice guy, so no woman would ever date me, right? Or, or get into bed with me, whatever it is, whatever the agenda is. And, and I like the way he describes it because he's saying, you know, well, if you're a smart, intelligent woman um, and an, an outspoken one, right? And so if you're in a, in a power position and you're someone who's strong and bold and, and you're going for what you want and you're not scared of, of articulating that, and like you said, Christina, you know, that can put some guys off because for them, right? There's ego involved. There's, there's, you know, Hey, I'm the man. Wait a minute. If you're the man, how can I be the man? Um, you know, and this is not a conscious thing. Let's, let's, no. let's make this clear. It's not like we sit here and go, Oh, I'm going to think about this. It's an unconscious, unspoken societal imposed belief system and a value system. Right. And. One of the conversations we had at the retreat was one woman who's saying declared herself that she's an independent woman. She's always been, you know, um, headstrong. She, she's been great at her career. She's building a business right now and all these traits. And then, then when I asked her, well, what is it you actually want in a guy? Right. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you want for a partner? And she said, I want someone who, who will be, who's strong, who's a go getter, who's going to take care of me. Right, and I said, "Well, here's your problem, just based on reflection, uh, you know." Uh, uh, and I said, "If you're the strong, independent woman who doesn't need a guy, how can you find a guy that that wants to to, to give to you because you won't receive it? Mm. Are you prepared to <laughs> to drop the strong, independent woman thing so enough that he can actually give to you and that you will receive with grace? Because right now, the way you be like the way even that she, the way she spoke about it." It's like, no, I'm strong. I don't need, you know, I do not need the support of anyone else, right? Apart from my other women, because that's, that's, that's my, they're my sisters and that's cool. And so, and that's what I, I sort of challenged her on. I said, like, you can't be both, you know, you, you can't expect to have the giver give to someone who can't receive. And so play with that for a moment and really, you know, think about that because that, that's what's going on. Right. If I'm the, and this is on a flip side, on the inverse here, as a man who's, who spends a lot of time in my feminine, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's because that's how I connect to women. Um, and that's an inherent, I've come to accept that's inherently who I am. Right. You know, I'm not the guy who's going to go out and do martial arts. And I did that 20 years ago, but now I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out there and start fights in the pub, right? It's not me. Um, <laughs> so so. I've had to come to realize and go, well, you know, um, I've had to step up in my relationship in terms of being the man because, and I remember asking my, my partner about this because she said, you know, that first date, she hated the first date
1: <laughs>
0: because… I wanted to see if she was willing enough to stick around for someone who wasn't like, who didn't meet all the traditional, rightly or wrongly expectations around, you know, oh, he's got to pay for, he's got to pay for the dinner. Uh, he's got to do certain things. Cause you know, mm. I, I dated long enough, you know, to understand these were certain expectations. And I actually did a survey, uh, with a group of, of men and women around what are the, um, what are the, like the top three or top five things that really bug people on first dates and and what would make someone not go on a second date right so you know i deliberately took her to this this place um i did cuz i did you I make think, her pay i didn't make her pay
1: okay? <laughs> did you but, go dutch <laughs>
0: um did i did was a dutch no I, I paid for it but i deliberately did not go to a an expensive restaurant
1: right right that's okay
0: um like i deliberately did not go hey let's go meet at you know, I don't know some seafood place or whatever. Yeah. Because the thing was, before that, I actually went on a couple of dates where I did do that, um, or even I, I offered, I even paid for the other person, and I just had this really bad experience where she just walked away, didn't even thank me for the dinner, and was kind of like not even there to really engage, mm. right? And I just felt, well, what the hell was that about? Because I thought it was a date. I mean, it was clearly specified that this was. I when I called her up, I said, "Hey, I would like to go on a date with you." Um,
1: you know, can I just say that that's really rare. <laughs> Not many guys actually do that.
0: And is what it- are your thoughts <laughs> on that? Is that is that is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? What is that?
1: What I think it's I I think. If a guy can call, has the balls to call up a girl and say, I really like you, can I take you out for dinner or can I take you out for a drink? That is ballsy and that is impressive because not enough guys do it because they're just shit scared of being rejected or whatever. So good on you for doing that because it's (laughs) not, not many, in my experience anyway, it's not something that people do, especially when you've got like Tinder and Cupid and everything like that. Takes away that whole, um, side of it, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Anyway, I want to hear how this date went. Continue. Okay. So,
0: yeah. So, so first date, um, I <laughs> take it to the, we walk into this food court, right? So, um,
1: did you take it to the Maccas?
0: There wasn't a Maccas. but it was close <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. it's it it this food court and I'm, and, and I, you know, and I said to her, well, what do you want to eat? And, and she, and I didn't know until later, like months later, you know, why she did this. But she basically said, you know, no, no, why don't you? I'm okay with whatever you choose, <laughs> right? Um, and so we ended up in this. Um, I think it was in a. They they made like pastas and, and different things, and they were closing up, and so they had a two for one deal. Yeah. Um, it's like five bucks for two salads or or pasta <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, hey, how about this? <laughs> Um, and she was okay with it. We walked away and we had, we we ate that sitting by the, by the, the harbor and it was really nice and all that. But fast forward, you know, like eight months later, and she's telling our friends this and she's saying, that was a freak, that was the worst date ever. Like it was just (laughs) in her eyes, that was just like, that's terrible. Um, and I said, well, you know, why? She said, because she said for her, she was looking for what she wanted was direction and like, and someone who's going to lead right mm. uh, and that means ch- making the choices you know and if you can't choose what the fuck we're eating how are you going to choose where we live how are you going to choose you know what we do if we have children and 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 how do we right all these things and that was a really good insight into, like for me it was like huh, okay you know now let me tell you my side of the story because for <laughs> me like i i had done my research and and i had you know expected that was the case right um for me what i was looking for was are you going to accept me for me or are you going to accept me for all the things you expect me to be? Right. Right? And so that's why, you know, I I could have paid for $100 dinner and then done a swish place and all that but I deliberately chose not to do that because I wanted to know, well, how does she deal? Like how would she… And it's stupid because we're both playing games. but. It all obviously works because we're now 10 months and we're still in and we're still in it together. Uh, but you took out a
1: rock pool for the second day, didn't you? You made up for (laughs) Um, it.
0: (laughs) Uh, I, yeah. And, and it was kind of like, I was straight out. Like I said, if you're looking for, you know, a a wealthy guy who's got all the, the, you know, trappings of success and all these kind of things, I'm not that guy. But if you're looking for someone who's willing to work through our shit because we both have stuff coming into this, mm. um, who's in it for the long game, you know, and and who's done a heck of a lot of work on personal development and knows what he wants, then we can proceed, you know, and and, and that's what I'm looking for, for from you. And we had this really intense conversations and by the fourth date, we knew that this is, you know, let's go, let's do it. And it's been up and down like any relationship, but one of the greatest things about the relationship and I I shared this with the group in in Laos was that we are both committed and we've made an agreement to no matter what, work through whatever it is together, right? And, and, And be on the same team. And I think that's where a lot of Relationships fail is when you get into the me versus you and it's your shit and it's my shit and stuff like that. Um, and it's and that more of a tap thing. Yeah. You know, you and didn't then, do
1: this. So I'm not going to do that.
0: Exactly. You know, and working through how to best communicate. Our biggest challenge has been communication and just, you know, expressing, you know, and not, and not like trying to anticipate someone or trying to, um, make or, or making assumptions. Right. Mm-hmm. Based on your own past, because it's like, like I've had, and I told her this very early on. I said, I've had my heart broken three times. You know, I felt in each, in each instance that there was a possibility it could have gone further. You know, um, she had similar experiences in her life and we're at this age now. We're both hitting, you know, 40, um, where it's like, no, if this is not a serious, Thing and we're not committed to working through it and, and, and understanding that it's going to be work. And that's the thing. There's no illusions. There's no like, Oh, we're going to be floating in cloud nine for the next 50 years. That's BS. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, it's one of the toughest relationships I've been in. Um, and at the same time, one of the most rewarding, right? So take away you will from that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just a bit of sharing
1: in terms of. Wow. wow I, I appreciate that. I didn't, I didn't intend on this conversation turning into <laughs> chatting about your relationship but oh. i i but really great insights there and i appreciate you sharing that and i think it's something that anyone whether single or in a relationship you know can take on board and you're right that communication is so important and i think being being upfront about it from the very beginning and it just helps to set that up set yeah. that up really nicely from the very start so that you're not Sort of struggling later on and going, how come you never told me this? How you, how come you never shared that with me? I had no idea that that's how you thought or felt. So
0: let's take it back to the question. So the question was around women and confidence, right? So, so for me, right, because it all relates. Because what I found in my practice and working with with women who come to me at a stage where they were either transitioning from a, they're wanting to leave the job, pursue a business full time, or they were wanting to. You know, um, maybe climb the ladder within their own organization or maybe they're looking to switch companies and stay in the same industry because it's not all about everyone wanting to quit their jobs and start a business. Um, but it's more about actually having the self-confidence to ask for what they actually wanted. And that extends to relationships. So for what I've observed and, and what I've sort of come to understand is for anyone who's in that space of, you know, I'm feeling a lack of confidence around something, you got to start with, what is it you actually want and you need to discern is it what i want or is it what my family want is it what you know my my community wants um and then come like really come down to no this is what i want this is what Anne wants this is what christina wants it's what you know whatever whoever it is right and then only when you have that can you articulate what your boundaries are right because if you don't know what you want how do you know what you don't like one way to do it is actually to do the inverse and go. This is what I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and that was my process. I went through a number of years of that, just testing things and going, that sucks. I don't like it. I don't like this piece of chocolate. I don't like whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't like this type of women or this type of men, whatever. And that's a good way to to identify those things. Mm,
1: creating but, those constraints. Yeah. I was I was having a chat with one of my business mentors earlier today, and he said, write down what you can do, what you will do, and what you won't do like in terms of, I mean, he was talking in terms of business, uh, but I think that can apply to other areas of your life as well, like so that you have those clear constraints as to what, you know, what are the things that you will actually do and what will you say no to? And then that helps to give you an idea of, helps you make those decisions anyway, make those choices.
0: And that ties into what I was going to say next is once you have those constraints and understand them, right, then it becomes a process of saying no to people, Mm. (laughs) <laughs> and no two projects, and no two things that come up in your way, right? And they come up and they go, oh, this looks exciting. And and one of the biggest challenges, I'm, I'm sure you understand from, from being an entrepreneur, is you know the the shiny object syndrome, where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, um, there's Definitely. so many cool things that I could do, or so many cool guys that I could date, or, or whatever it may be. Uh, and it just your energy just goes everywhere. But once you have very clearly defined, this is what I want to be doing with my life. This is who I want my partner to be. If that's what you want, you might determine that you don't want a partner at all, and that's cool, right? Um, but it's just getting to that point of you understanding what is it that, that you really want. And coming back to women and confidence, you know, and I'm only speaking from my coaching experience and people I work with, um, and all the literature I've read, um, it, it's it's really connecting to your heart. And this is, this is how we start this conversation, right? What inspires you? Um, and then going from there, going to, are you willing to say no to people, things, um, and, and anything else that may appear so that you can say yes to yourself?
1: I love that. And being, being a little bit selfish like that. Yeah. And doing things for you.
0: And that's it. And let's reframe what selfish means because, you know, a lot of people go, well, but it's selfish. And I'm like, well, hey, wait a minute, right? I don't care how religious you are. I don't care how, how, you know, spiritually enlightened you are or whatever it is. At the end of the day, you're serving yourself. Because if you don't serve yourself first and take care of you or me, then what happens is how can you, you know serve someone else and, and this is examples used many times but it's like when you get on the plane and they give you the the, the safety announcement and they go if you're an adult and you have a child you got to put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then take care of your child right because if you don't do that then both die Okay. So, and that's an extreme example, but that's a really good one I like to use because it's like, you got to take care of yourself. And I take it from someone who grew up with an auntie and a mother who was super generous, always giving, 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 because that's the Buddhist way, right? And the Lao way. But I've seen both burn out tremendously, right? And it's, and I find it's beautiful to have that trait because it's, it's, it's they act from a place of service and at the same time what I've learned is if you continually give but don't replenish, then that limits your capacity to give more.
1: Before we wrap up, Anthony, I, I appreciate you joining me on the show. You've been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your insights, especially the story about your retreat. I hope you don't mind me sharing that with my audience now. <laughs>
0: no, I, I, I didn't know you, we had already started, but that's cool. So, so, you know, hey, it's out there. It's, it's, it's going to be in a book someday, somewhere someday, or, a, or a Christina blog post. Who knows? <laughs> um, but look, I want to share that story because it, 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 like I said, it, it was, um, for me, a massive part of the last 18 months for me, uh, it's now informed my decisions and, and my thinking for next year and beyond. Um, so I'm actually in the middle of a rebrand and clarity around what I want to be doing. You know, you heard it here first moment. Um, <laughs> I'm really sort of, I'm shifting away from this concept of career transition right, and and, and more into the personal story, the personal message, the personal brand. Because my skill set is all, it's marketing, it's what I do for my company, it's what I do for my clients, but it's really getting down to, someone said it, one of my really intuitive friends said it this way, she said, what I do, and, and this is her observation, is that I create spaces for uplifting voices to be heard.
1: That's mm, That's awesome.
0: Right. And, and spaces. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I do retreats. It's why I do workshops. It's why I, you know, I'll be doing a, a, a I do blog posts. I'll do a write and, and, and whatever. They're just all different del- delivery methods, but it really is all about helping individuals work out what their message is and then putting that out to the world and not being afraid to do it. And that's where the confidence part comes in.
1: Yep. Yeah, I love it. And for everyone listening, you should definitely check out Anthony's blog. Cause he's got he's got a lot of great articles on there that will help you to overcome your fear and and build your confidence. And 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 he does have you do have a lot of uh, the career transition yes. articles on there as well, which is really helpful for anyone who's looking to get out of their career or like start a business or change careers, but maybe feeling a bit unsure about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You, I saw that you have a book coming out.
0: Yes, so Tell I'm. That. Yeah, I'm currently writing um, a book called Dare to Escape, and it's a career transition guide for the uh, driven woman. And it's basically, yeah, it's just the process. So a lot of what we talked about today, the process to help someone identify and get clear on what it, what it is that they want to be doing in the world, um, and then practical steps on um, how do you how do you transition to whether it's a new you know a new industry a new occupation or a new business um, how do you do that right so some insights around the things you need to be aware of before you even start um, and, and save yourself 10 years of pain that I went through uh, <laughs> doing it my own way um, and, and I've interviewed experts HR experts I've interviewed women who've been there and done it um, and my own clients. Uh, and so a lot of it is sharing their, their case studies and, and, and how, you know, um, so I want it to be inspiring. I want it to be practical at the same time. So. Excellent. That, that's when's, what it when's about. it coming out? Um, looking at an April release date. I need, I need, I need to get it through a couple of editors before then.
1: Excellent. I look forward to reading it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I might,
0: I might have, actually, I might have, uh, you do an interview with you for the book. So. Oh, be,
1: really? Be, yeah. Talk to you about how I spent 10 years in the architecture industry and.
0: <laughs> and then you ended up jumping out, and,
1: of, up jumping out of a place. on the
0: street. So there you go.
1: on the street. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much again, Anthony. Where can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you and what you do?
0: Best place to go right now is going to be my um, website, which is Anthony and that's Anthony spelled with an F, <laughs> AnthonyC.com. Um, and that's the best place to go, and that will link you to the various projects like Master uh, Worry Women Mastermind, uh, my upcoming marketing branding business, um, and whatever else that I'm working on.
1: Love it. Thanks so much, Anf.
0: Thanks a lot, Christina. A lot <laughs> of fun.
1: Big thanks to Anthony Chansomuth for being my guest this week. I will pop links to his site and how hey, you can get in touch with him at thecmethod.com slash anf, A-N-F. Okay, remember I mentioned at the start of the show that I had a special announcement? Well, here it is. If you're in Melbourne, I will be running a free workshop on how to create your personal elevator pitch. Yes, you know how I bang on about signing up for my 21-day confidence-building course? Well, this is like an in-person, condensed version of that, where you'll learn how to give a quick and clear introduction for yourself or your business, so that you sound awesome, how to say it with confidence, so they believe you, and how to get a great conversation started, so they'll like you. (laughs) How's that for winning? And Oh, and the workshop is free, which is... A bonus. So it's happening on Tuesday, the 2nd of February at 12.30 PM. It'll go for an hour. That's Tuesday, the 2nd of February at 12.30 PM. And that's just under three weeks from now. And it's happening at Hub Melbourne, which is on Burke Street in the CBD, in the city. So If you'd like to come along, I would love to see you. It would be great to meet you and also I'd love to be able to help you get your elevator pitch sorted and you'll get plenty of time to practice that pitch as well in the session. So it should be a good time and don't forget to bring your lunch. (laughs) We're calling it a lunch and learn. Anyway, that's in the details. It's on Eventbrite but To make it easier for you, I'll just put a link to that in the show notes as well. So all you have to do is go to thecmethod.com slash ANF, A-N-F, and you'll be able to uh, follow follow the link there and sign up. Again, it's free. should be a lot of fun. I'd love to see you there. Okay, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with me today, and I look forward to seeing you next week. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Seeing as we're talking about strong, independent, confident women, I thought I would play a song by a strong, confident, independent woman who is Lady Gaga, and this is Born This Way. My mama told me when I was young, we are all superstars. She rolled my hair and put my lipstick on in the glass of her boudoir. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are, she said, because he made you perfect, babe. So hold your head up, girl, and you'll go Listen to me when I say I'm beautiful in my way Cause God makes no mistakes I'm on the right track, baby. Rocket Girl.